Welcome, everyone, to the very latest Bolt from the Blue podcast. We, uh, Since we were last with you, there have been two home games. And, of course, if we had won them both, we would have been sitting above Liverpool in the league table. But as it is, it didn't go entirely to plan. Now, here is our plan for tonight. We're going to talk uh, mostly about the game against Brentford last night. And then we'll do a little autopsy on what happened against Chelsea as well. And Bernard's already spoken to that on his channel, if you've been there. But we'll get into that a little bit at the end. Um, so uh, let's welcome our special guest, Bernard Dineen. How are you? <laughs> I think you gave that away, mate, beforehand. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a little bit. A bit better after last night, but obviously it was a bit, you know, you thought if, if someone said to me, get four points from the two games, I would have been disappointed. And, and I am disappointed because, of course, it just makes things harder, mate, doesn't it? It just makes, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're going to have to be very, very good in these last uh, what few weeks of the season, which means we're going to have to be very, very good and get something at uh, Tottenham and get something at Anfield to start with. Never mind all the other games, of course, uh, that are coming up. And of course, uh, we hear this morning old Mister Old Kevin De Bruyne has tweeted, you know, just uh, felt something. So uh, obviously, hopefully, it's not too bad, and he's all, all implications are it's fine. But based on what we watched last night. We were crying out for Kevin De Bruyne in that game, weren't we? Absolutely. Well, let's uh, talk about the lineups as you as usual, Bernard. Um, how did you do with this one? And uh, then maybe you'll go through the lineups for both teams if you can. <laughs> yeah, I'd, uh, just making sure I've got the Brentford one up because I've got both of <laughs> here. Let me just have a. Yeah, I didn't do very well against Brentford. I'll have to admit, mate, my worst performance for a little while. But I'd, that doesn't surprise me. I don't think. I, th I think Pep's picking. 11s now with one eye on other games. I think he's not totally focused on the game in hand and playing his strongest team. So I think he's doing a little bit of jiggery-pokery at the moment. And, of course, I had KDB starting this game. Of course, he's done something with his hamstring, as we've just mentioned there. So he, he was never going to uh, appear in this one. Bob, Bob was a bit of a surprise. Um, yeah. Oscar Bob, I thought I thought we'd see a bit more of him. Obviously, we'll talk briefly about the Chelsea game. I thought we'd see a little bit of him at the end of that one, which we didn't. And then all of a sudden to to uh, plop him in this one was a bit of a surprise. And a rest for Nathan Aki, of course. I mean, so uh, I can't really... I think Nathan Aki is one of the first names on the team sheet. So, you know, Pep's sort of looking at other games coming up, I think, at the moment. I suppose that's what he has to do. We, we know he's... You know, when he starts getting to quarterfinals and semifinals of the FA Cup, he starts playing dodgy teams just to make sure he's got players for other competitions. So it looks with a couple of big games coming up in March, of course, or probably three or four big games coming up in March, he's got one eye on those for me already, even though we're not out of February yet. But anyway, the 11s, Edison, Walker, Diaz, Stones, Akanji, Rodri, Bob Foden, Alvarez, Bernardo, and Haaland on the bench, Ortega, Carson, Aki, Kovacic, Doku, De Bruyne, Gomez, Nunes and Lewis. Obviously, it must have been a late thing with Kevin because he wouldn't have been on the bench otherwise, would he? He wouldn't have been starting on the bench if it hadn't been a, a late problem. Uh, Brentford, yeah, I'll just give you their starting eleven. They made three changes to the last uh, hammering they got against Liverpool, I think. Uh, Flecken was back, or better known as Levy Ashin. He was back on <laughs> Aja, me, Ruislev, Jorgensen, Norgard, Yanelt, Regulon, Tony, and Visa. So I don't think it altered that much from when we played them, what, 15 days ago. I think there's one or two changes to that, but basically the same guys. 
Yeah, the only person I was disappointed uh, uh, about, first of all, in that Brentford game was that guy Flecken. He's got our number, it seems. <laughs> and uh, their their sort of key man at the front is. Um, well, did you see? Did you see that thing on the stats on him where he was being rated? And he's he's getting all sixes, but when he plays against us, he get nine. He gets nines. <laughs> he's just a, he's a man transformed against Man City, as we say. Like we play certain teams and certain players into form. Their key man up front, obviously being the uh, the betting scandal man, uh, Ivan Tony. Um, but um, it's funny, isn't it, about that Man City lineup? So you, you mentioned about Oscar Bob. Um, people were. You know, when I was online, people sort of debating about, is it going to be Doku? Is it going to be Grealish? Was Oscar Bob? Now, he's actually beginning to um, beginning to come much um, more into the reckoning now, isn't he? He's actually becoming someone that Pe- is beginning to trust. Yeah. Uh, if you look at I've just literally about two minutes before I came on here, Mike, I was looking at, it just popped up on Twitter and there was a, like a, a a sort of uh, thing going on of whether Bob should play or Doku against Bournemouth on Saturday. And I think mm-hmm. literally it's split 51% for Bob and 49% for Doku. So that's that's what the stage we're at at the moment. And I thought I thought Bob was excellent last night in a, in a way that he didn't get as much as a ball as Doku would have got. Uh, you know, obviously, the other players aren't quite giving him that responsibility. But I was happy in when he took people on and when he didn't. I thought he, he judged it perfectly. I mean, how he didn't score that goal after that lovely dummy he played, uh, of course, in, uh, it was probably towards the end of the first half, was it, Mike, I think, from memory, yeah. in front of us, of course, in the south stand. Now, and then, obviously, me, I think it was me on the line, wasn't it? But it was just the way he's, 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 he thinks ahead, doesn't he? He's like Pep's thinking ahead to what games we've got coming up. I think Bob's... Bob, when he's on the pitch, thinks that little second more. We saw it at Newcastle with that sublime goal, of course, which I think won the uh, goal of the month, didn't it? For, for mm-hmm. which quite deservedly so. And mm-hmm. I think with that one, because you could see he just sort of done with the defender. The defender couldn't do anything. I mean, there's about 20 people in the box, and he has the calmness and the head to actually do that little little dummy, gives himself the space. And then obviously, I don't think he did too much wrong in the shot. It was it beat the keeper, no problem. Flecken had no chance, but of course, the old me was on the line to clear it. So, but that's outstanding. I think, I think that's the difference between Bobby Doku is very. Uh, bull in a china shop sometimes. He, he probably confuses himself what he's trying to do. I do. I think we like Doku and I like Bob. It's just that Bob seems to have a bit more of a brain on him. I think if Pep says to Bob, uh, try not to lose it, mate, I don't, you know, I, he, he'll try not to. If he says it to Doku, I don't think he, I don't think he'll take it on board the same that Bob would. So, yeah, I was quite happy with Bob yesterday, but I, I do, you know, I'm still not going to give up on Doku. There's a lot of, lot, a lot of potential there that's, uh, to come to fruition yet with his final ball, of course, which has probably been the, been the disappointing thing with uh, Doku. Well, but just before we get into the game, really, uh, I just wondered if you'd seen um, the Talk Sport interview between your man Simon and um, Graham Sooners. They were talking about Jack Grealish, and they were both um, basically trying to outdo each other in explanations as to why Grealish hasn't improved under Man City, would you would you conquer? Uh, not really, no, because I think he's playing a totally different role for Manchester City as he did for Aston Villa. And to say he's not improved, I mean, he had a cracking season last season. 
I thought he had a cracking season. His very first season, a lot of people didn't. I thought he played. And I think he's exactly what Pep wants. He, he does what he's told. It's as simple as that. And sometimes some players, Pep, Pep, you know, as, as I think Ray used to say, didn't he? he used to joke about training stuff out of him. Uh, the thing with Grealish is he does what Pep wants him to do. And uh, I've seen a lot of nice things about Grealish just recently, even though he literally played 17 minutes the other day. You know, people saying we're missing him. And, you know, he's so, he's one of, just one of those players that you, you think, you know, well, everyone was slagging him off, you know, slagging him off two weeks ago. And now all of a sudden we're missing him. But, you know, he does what he's supposed to do. Uh, for City as far as Pep's concerned. And he's come up against it with Doku coming on the horizon this season. He's had to compete. He's, he's not always been successful, but of course, um, he's had other problems as well. But I think now, once we're getting back fit again, I, th I think we might see the best of him again, hopefully, you know, between now and the end of the season, which is what we need. We want what we, we, want what we got at the end of last season, of course, or most of last season. And, yeah, I, I don't. You can't say he's improved or gone worse. He's just playing a totally different role with City, and, and like like Edison, you know, he, he just play. He's a City keeper. Grealish is probably ideal for what Pet wants to play in that in that sort of role. Mm -hmm. Well, let's talk about the memorable moments of the first half. Obviously, uh, at at times it just looked like it, it looked like dodgeball. I mean, people <laughs> firing headers and shots at Flecken. Who was uh, who was equal to most of them? Although a lot of these shots and headers, there was just lacking that little bit of guile and precision a lot of the time. Um, sometimes it looked like they were trying to hit him and it was square in the chest with the ball. Um, let's talk about a few of these chances and which ones uh, do you think were 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 the the the, the best ones? Yeah, it was extremely difficult, of course, against this uh, Brentford team. I, I, I don't think they play like this against other teams. I, th I think, obviously, you hear Klopp complaining occasionally, don't you, that teams go to Anfield and put uh, 11 men behind the ball. But I don't think any team, you know, Brentford, I, I saw a bit of their game against Liverpool the other day and it was shocking. They didn't, they didn't play any sort of uh, defensive sort of men behind the ball that they did against us. They played a very high line, etc., etc. It was just ridiculous to, to compare the two teams. All right, they were at home, so perhaps it played slightly differently. But uh, I think once I knew KDB wasn't playing, I think, I think most of us thought we might struggle with this one unless, of course... Um, Foden get got a grip in the middle of the pitch, but I wasn't overly sure. I think he did play a bit more uh, that number that rolled into Foden last night. But I think I think when a team starts like Brentford, they keep you out, and you've got a good keeper who seems to deny us every time. I think it gives some confidence, and of course um, the, the crowd gets a bit down. Uh, and it probably affects the players. So, but we did have some half chances, didn't we? I mean, nine minutes, you probably said uh, Harlan had a great headed chance. He, he headed over the bar. I've been criticising him a little bit on his heading ability on my on my uh, vlogs. Um, for a big lad, I think he could do better with his headers. I don't think he's the greatest header of the ball, and yet he scored one in the second half that was ruled out for offside, of course. But, uh, yeah, so that should have probably been better than it was. 15 minutes, uh, they had a good chance, actually, if you think about it. Is it Onyeka? Onyeka, uh, yeah. Yeah, it was released by Visa. And, of course, he sort of seems a bit over, to overbalance. And, you know, I thought Edison had made a cracking save, but then I watched it back today, and he just trundled to him because he, he sort of was off balance when he shot. But that really should have been in the back of the net, or at least, at least a, 
worked Edison, so that was a bit of a lucky escape for us. There weren't there weren't that many. It was usually them escaping. Um, of course, Alvarez had another good chance. He can't he can't seem to score for Toffee at the moment. Every every I think his percentage shot on target for the last few games has probably been nearer zero than than anything else. It, he sort of was lent back. Uh, I think it was from a corner where they couldn't clear it, and he lent back and sent it over the crossbar. I mean, you've got to work the keeper, Alvarez. You know, I mean, for Argentina, I'm sure he was put. You know, and even for City, he's been putting those on target. So he's going through a bit of a a patch for me, Alvarez. I think he needs to come on as a uh, rest for a couple of games and come on as a more impacting substitute rather than starting him. I think I think that's what we need to do with him. Uh, Bernardo, flipping heck. I mean, <laughs> that, was, that, was, that was very close. Oh, I mean, Rodri, superb little dink, wasn't it? I mean, we've been picking on Walker, haven't we? But Walker was on that wing. He knew exactly what he was doing with that header. He directed it straight back to Bernardo. Um, obviously, obviously, there was a guy on the post, wasn't there, Mike, if you noticed? And I think what Bernardo wanted to do was make sure he put it wide of the guy on the post. Unfortunately, he was on the post, so by putting it wide of him, it was two yards wide. So it was, but uh, Bernardo isn't a bad header of a ball. Actually, we've seen him score. He's not like KDB who can't score for can't score with his head. Bernardo's actually scored one or two with his head. So I think he'd be a bit disappointed. I think he sort of took a big bite out of his shirt, didn't he? After he. He missed that one, so I it wasn't that. these are all half chances that could have easily gone in. And I think after that, um, Diaz Diaz was getting involved as well. Yeah, I mean Diaz had a, a header. I think that, but first of all, he had that Kanji shot from distance, which Flecken tipped over the bar, uh, which was okay. At least it was on target. Mister Walker, please take note. And then you had Diaz, who sort of. Um, Sort of was it a header? It was a header, wasn't it? Uh, on target, but again, Flecken saved it with his legs uh, brilliantly, and that's what led to this thing we've already talked about, where where Bob actually does a cute little dummy in the box, creates space, and me clears it off the line. So, uh, yeah, nil nil. But you know, apart from that one chance for Brentford, I don't remember too many more. And of course, uh, I think Diaz might have headed it a bit harder than he did. I thought it was a bit bit weak the header, but I think he had to try and get a bit power on it himself rather than relying on the the cross to provide the the power but but really you think about it um it was nil at half time but it's certainly good half chances there I want and I just want to mention before we finish the first half and I've only learned this today and I, I find it very hard to believe um John Stones Mike he got a yellow card anything um, significant in that um I I I don't really think there's too much um, in that. Although it, it was it was a harsh yellow card, that's for that's for sure. But no, it was I classed mean, as a, an overzealous challenge. I think some reporter wrote on Visa. But you know what? It, you know what's significant about it? No, tell me. It's his first ever booking at the Etihad. Is that right? <laughs> So I've well, had a chance to check it, but that's that's what the gentleman on on uh, social media has told me uh, this afternoon well, when I was looking through. So it John, wouldn't surprise John, uh, me because he doesn't get a lot of bookings, does he, Mr. <laughs> Stones? Well, some, he, some, would say, some would actually say he doesn't play that much, but I mean that'd be cruel, wouldn't it? So, uh, <laughs> well, but, you know he's a he's a lover, not a fighter. Um, yeah, I mean he did. Surprise, I think he's had a few bookings away from the Etihad, presumably. <laughs> Yeah, we'll have to have a look how many bookies he's had in his career, but I don't think he's had too many. Yeah, so that was seventeen shots to their five, six corners to their zero. It was um, it was uh, dominant, and um, 
we're thinking to ourselves that Brentford can't hold out for that much longer. Um, they held out longer than I thought they would, but uh, Peepoff goes to the second half, and um, they pretty much picked off, uh, picked up where they, they left off, um, uh, Bernard, I would say. What would you think? Yeah, without anything really, you know, you look at all those chances in the first half. When I look, of course, what I try and do when I get home, I, I usually write up a, what's happened in the game before I go to bed. That's how sad I am because, uh, you know, you can't unwind particularly, can you? And uh, what I do, I check usually one of the timelines on the internet just to, to sort of remind myself of what, oh, yeah, I remember that, I remember this, I remember that, I remember the other. And, of course, the second half was, was hardly anything to look at but apart from a couple of chances after the goal. It was it was reasonably quiet compared to the first half uh, when you get to the, the second half. And, of course, it probably didn't all change because of it, but obviously things started to happen once uh, Jeremy Doku had come on, of course. I wouldn't say he was the difference uh, coming on for Bob after about 62 minutes. But before until we got the goal, I, I don't remember that much happening, unless you could remember anything significant. And the goal was 71 minutes. So it's, you know, it's uh, 26 minutes into the second half. Yeah, I mean, not so much in terms of um, chances or half chances, but um, mesmeric um, possession. Um, again, uh, the common complaint, kind of rather fruitless possession. But um, this is when... Of, um, of course, the fans were singing for KDB. Uh, we yeah. were singing Kevin De Bruyne. I mean, he, I, I can't tell. It's of, up the other end when they're warming up. So... I, but obviously, from the crowd noise, you just knew he wasn't warming up. But they were just singing for obviously there was so. But we weren't aware, of course, at that time. I didn't know if people watching at home were aware, but uh, we weren't aware that KD, KDB had a slight hamstring problem. Mm -hmm. Well, I know it's it's interesting. I was I was just uh, talking to my dad, and he he was following it on social media as well, and he was interested to to note that um, people were talking about. This again, this common refrain about City being boring because uh, there was a one period when they had like three minutes of pass possession without any interruption um, uh, from the opposition and um, talking about sideways passes, backward passes. Um, and um, I don't know where you stand on that, but I, I put it down to the fact that the, a lot of these people, they don't really have a cultured eye, you know. Mm. It's either it's got to be. Um, goals or penalties red card it's got to be big dramatic moments but in the build-up play it's almost like that's just something that they have to sit through before they get to a big moment where do you stand on that yeah well we could be liverpool couldn't we just blast it over the top and leg after it i mean we could yeah. play like that you know that, that's how we could play it's funny actually if i'm watching at home if i've not got to one of the away games and i'm watching at home if I'm tense, if it's close, say we're winning 1-0 and there's sort of 20 minutes to go or something like that, and once we start knocking about, what I try and do is think, right, I'm not going to look at the clock until we lose the ball. So, I mean, I'm, always, I'm hoping two, three, four or five minutes have passed, you know, that we're hanging on to the ball before I check the clock again to see how long's left, you know, and start feeling a bit nervous. And that's how we do it. That's how we wear teams down. That's why... You know, I don't know the stats on how many late. You know, when we certainly this season, we've we've worn teams down just just constantly and scored probably more in the second half, haven't we? I, I do know at the Etihad, we tend to 
score more up the other end and all that you know obviously from going every week you you don't see that many goals at our end it's usually up the other end uh obviously we've had seasons where we've blitzed teams for the first 20 minutes and that's fine but certainly this season that's not been the case you know we've not blitzed teams and been scoring at the are and where we are the south stand so yeah i mean I, i'd agree with that i mean i don't think it's boring it's not boring if you've got them it's boring the other for the other team and the other team's fans because they haven't got the ball but uh yeah it's, it's it's but you know there's a means to an end it's all for a it's all for a reason it's not just done to kill again you know it can be done to kill again because we do that so you simply you know again we've not been i don't think we've been as good as that the last this year that perhaps other other years you know we've been a bit nervy and we've let the odd late goal in when we shouldn't have done but uh it's all a means to an end and it's they're always looking they're always looking to find that little bit of space and sometimes you've got to do that to drag the teams out of their own box because i mean they're not gonna you know they've got 10 men in their own box you've got to you've got to knock it around and play around with it on the halfway line uh, just to sort of draw them out so it's a means it's a style of play and most most teams most managers would love the the quality of players to actually do what we do. Mm-hmm. Let's uh, let's uh, move on to talk a, a little bit about Erling Haaland because he he it was that scored the goal. Now, obviously, he seemed to be very um, very uh, disconsolate and disappointed after game against Chelsea, and, and and rightly so, I think, in my opinion. But anyway, he looked uh, he looked uh, determined. Although I don't think he was quite as involved. Um, up front as he was against Chelsea, but we're going to talk about this this, this goal and uh, there's these kinds of goals are priceless because that was a wall that um, they had erected uh, and um, we were not piercing it and uh, we managed to do it. I was a little bit unlucky for their midfield player um, Ayer or Ayer or whatever he, he's called, but um, when. Um, you know, when, when Holland gets in that position and he gets free, he's like a whippet after a rabbit and there's no stopping him. Tell us what you think about this one. Yeah, I think he came from a block shot, didn't it? And we moved the yeah. ball very quickly within a space of two or three seconds. And Alves, who thought, I thought was having a pretty... Uh, this is funny. I literally, honestly, this is on hand on heart. Ten seconds before... Uh, that ball was put through by Alvarez. I said to my lad, Alvarez is having a terrible. <laughs> Alvarez is having a terrible game. I just looked to myself, and then obviously he pinged it through. I don't think it was the greatest ball. All credit to Ireland for managing to get managing to control it. And the fact he did control it, I think that's what put the that Ayer, whatever he's called, uh, put him off and made him fall because he sort of pinged it through. I think I was expecting it to come through to him, but he stuck his long leg out, Ireland. I think it was his right leg. Uh, took it, sort of ended up taking it in his stride then. So a little bit, a little bit of, of fortune, but you make your own fortune. Of course, the defender, as I say, I think he was ready to pick the ball up and was a little bit dumbfounded when it actually didn't come through Ireland to him. So, yeah, I mean, on once Ireland's through, um, that was a brilliant finish, absolutely stunning finish. I mean, there's not a lot Flecking could have done with that one. Uh, if you go one-to-one on Haaland and you've got that situation, you you know you're probably on a loser. You've got to have at least a couple of guys in and around Haaland to, to stand a chance. As, uh, as I say, I think Alvarez hit it far too hard. I don't think he, he meant it, what he did. But it's just the pure skill of of Ireland. But it's ironic, isn't it, that you always slag someone off and the next minute they do something good. So that's good. You can slag all the players off as long as they do something good the next minute. It's fine. But superbly taken. Uh, I watched it back, of course. You, you know, you, 
sort of sort the goalie was in the way of it when he went in the net. You saw the net ripple, but the goalie was in our obscuring our view from distance, of course. But uh, no, that's what we bought Harlem for, isn't it, Mike? That, that's the sort of thing we expect from him. And of course, mm-hmm. as you said, the Chelsea game, which we'll touch upon. He was bloody awful, let's be honest about it. I mean, he's got things on his mind, the lad, hasn't he? Let, let's let's forgive him that with his grandmother and stuff. Um, but, of course, I'm sure they wouldn't play him unless they thought he was psychologically OK for it. And that was a cracking goal. I made him my man of the match purely because of that, even though he didn't do too much, purely because when we needed it, he did it. And that's, that's, yeah. that's, that's what we've been lacking this season, that little bit of magic from someone when we've been up, you know, that little bit of Gundo magic, KDB magic. That's what we miss sometimes when we've been up against it. And uh, all credit to Ireland. Uh, fantastic. Took it really well. Well, they reminded us with a, a, a literal shot across the bows, a shot across the crossbow. And just a minute later, Ivan Tony fires one over. But what, what was more interesting for me was we... Um, well, a lot of us thought that Holland uh, had a second, 80th minute. Yeah, I've not seen it back. Uh, obviously, um, Walker, I think it's Walker was offside, wasn't yeah. it? It wasn't Harland. Mm-hmm. So, how, as I said, I've been picking on his heading ability. Uh, but, hey, you know, at the end of the day, even I could get one on target with my head when I was playing out in the old days and sc- yeah. I even scored a couple of goals with my head. So, yeah, he took it really well, but I, I don't know how far Walker was off. But, uh, oh, yeah, what annoyed me. Was it the same line? Or, and I know they can't put the flag up, but, I mean, remember that one in the first half where Edison made a suit, had to make a brave save at the, the guy's feet? And then he put his flag up immediately. And it really is annoying. The crowd went a little bit mad about that. And, of course, I don't know if it's the same line. Or I don't know if they stay in the same. Do the line holes move around? Do they, stay in the, do they run the same touch line? I'm not too sure. How does it work? Do they, I, it... I always thought that they swapped over. But, I mean, it's, yeah, it's not, I... the camera doesn't focus on them too much. So Yeah. But anyway, it was the same. Obviously, the Sousa goal, as soon as he added the goal, I, I always look at the linesman, even though in this day and age, it doesn't really matter that much. There's going to be a VAR check anyway. But I just nudged my lad and said, oh, it's, it's look at the lino. And we just didn't celebrate. And obviously, I don't know how far offside it was, but I assume I've not seen any anything about it. So, yeah, it would have been nice 2-0, another extra goal, which is what we need. We need the goals, but we're not quite doing it at the moment, goal scoring-wise, are we? Uh, yeah, so <clears throat> we got six minutes um, stoppage time or added on time. Um, anything in there for you? Anything that? Oh, the Foden effort! That lovely turn, wasn't it? Um, yeah, about the ninety-second minute, I think it was. Of course, uh, he left the def- he left the player. I don't know, defender, midfielder, whatever he was, for dead. Uh, legged it through, and I, I just thought there might have been an option to shoot earlier. Um, I've watched it back. Uh, there was, he was getting closed down either side, and of course, he wanted to take it round the keeper. Um, did we get a corner for that? He claimed a corner, didn't he? he hit the post, obviously the ball, I think. But uh, yeah, I think I think he might have done a little bit. But we've seen this with Foden before, haven't we? He does, he does a brilliant piece of approach work, and just just misses that final bit at the end. And uh, that would have been a crack, one of the goals of the month as well. That one, if that had gone in. But uh, of course, he rounded Flecken, Flecken, but uh, couldn't quite find the net, unfortunately. Well, I think that was about it, really. I don't think yeah. they had anything to worry us uh, in. You know, really, from as you say, that that shot that went uh, immediately after we went one nil up. But I think that was about it, about it from Brentford. Very, mm-hmm. very lacklustre. I think uh, last twenty minutes, even though they, you know, they had nothing to lose, ended they? 
Well, it was a clean sheet. It was a precious three points. It moved us above Arsenal and just behind Liverpool. Um, you know, it's 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 a three horse race. This uh, uh, burn, isn't it? Because I don't think Villa or Tottenham um, are are going to really come into this in the, in in the final stretch. What do you think? No, I don't think so. I've I discounted Arsenal a few weeks back, but I can't. You'd be silly to discount Arsenal now because. Uh, uh, I think he's getting a tune out of them again and scoring plenty of goals, aren't he? Which is, we talk about momentum. It's all about momentum. We aren't scoring lots of goals. We haven't got that momentum. And unfortunately, at the moment, Liverpool and Arsenal seem to have it. I mean, of course, as we're recording this, Liverpool are playing Bert, uh, Luton tonight. Are they play Luton? Uh, yeah. Luton tonight at Anfield. So, I mean, you, you always imagine they could, uh, you know, increase their goal difference as well tonight. Well, they've got a lot of injury. They've got a lot of injury issues. I think. Oh, it doesn't bother Liverpool. They, they play. They just hit it over the top and leg onto it, mate. It don't matter. You can play it with the play it with the youth teams. Their tactics. It don't matter. Yeah. Klopp, Klopp, you know, he's a genius. Klopp. He, any level of player can do what they they want. You know. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so that that does worry me. Goal difference worries me. Uh, but if we win our games, we win the league. It's as simple as that. But it's going to deal as as we said. Early doors. We're going to have to be very, very good. At this point in time, based on the Chelsea game and the Brentford game, uh, I wouldn't say we're quite as at it as Liverpool and Arsenal. So, as at this time, I'm, I'm not 100% confident we're going to go on and uh, do a four-peat. Uh, mm -hmm. you, you ask me now, Mike, if you are going to ask me now, um, I'm not 100% sure. I'm probably 50-50 whether... I, have a, a I still think Liverpool and us will be the teams. I, I think Arsenal eventually will drop out because they've not been there and done it before. But, uh, yeah, I'm I'm just a bit worried about them at the moment. But, as I say, any, it's still 14, 14 games left, 15 games left, whatever there is. So, plenty of time. But I think I think by the end of March, I'll, I'll tell, tell you unequivocally whether we're going to win the league or not. <laughs> All right. Well, let's go. Let's talk a little bit about this Chelsea game because it, in the, in our last pod, uh, we talked about them being a bogey team, and you never knew. You you never know what a Chelsea uh, team can turn up. They can turn up and be very very good, and they can turn up and be absolute, you know, horse pee. But um, they they were they were definitely competitive in this game, and um, I'm just looking um, at the lineups. Obviously. Uh, We'll just reverse it a little bit. Obviously, Chelsea had two of our old boys in there. Um, obviously, uh, Raheem Sterling and Cole Palmer. Uh, there's always that that concept called the immutable law of the X, where your former <laughs> players will, will hurt you. Um, uh, for us, um, that is a very uncontroversial lineup that we played at Chelsea, isn't it, Bernard? Yeah. Well, I got I got nine. Uh, so it wasn't perfect, but uh, just three changes to Copenhagen. I was a bit surprised, no Bernardo, of course, uh, playing. And uh, I, was, I was a bit disappointed Stonesy didn't start again either. So they, they were the two differences, I think, to the team, I thought. Edison Walker, Diazaki, Kanji, Rodri, Foden, De Bruyne, Alvarez, Doku and Haaland. But nothing wrong with that starting 11, mate. That, that was, uh, you know, we, we, one of our... You know, stronger teams. If you, if you you've got probably 13, 14 players that will start that game. You'll think fine, no problem. That's a strong team, and and that fell into that category. Mm -hmm. Okay, let's talk a little bit about this um, 
this first half and um, how long did it take you to realise that this was not going to be um, a 6-0 or a 5-0 against the uh, against this lot? I think what a lot what what I was gonna say what I love about Chelsea then what 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 interests me about Chelsea is the way they play the the percentages and they did it they did it when they won the Champions League against us they did it again in that season so they they've done it for, not just under Poch under the guy before you know and what they do they they play the percentages on the offsides they take the chance on being offside because they know. All right, if you get off caught offside two or three times, you'll get through once. You'll get your work once. You know, you'll you'll get a chance to get through, and that's this is exactly what they did. I think they had five or six offsides on the night, and they, they played that sort of football. And of course, um, when you got big lummox, as we we're calling for this game, because that's what he was uh, failing, failing miserably. There's at least three. Let's. I think his XG was probably three points over three anyway for the game, and he and he literally. No, I'm being cruel there. I think he was about one point eight two, was it something like anyway? Anyway, he was. He just wasn't at it. Our big lummox, as I say, with his grand grandmother and stuff like that. I think it's probably psychological. But hey, a lot of people paid a lot of money to say whether the players are fit for this. So I think once once he wasn't hitting, you know, hitting the straps and scoring the goals because we had enough chance. I think we had some good chances, didn't we, in that first half? Um, uh, of course, uh, I've got I've got big lummox uh, at least a couple of times in the first half. But I think I think I knew the writing was on the wall when when. A guy next to me, when uh, a certain Raheem Sterling picked the ball up, said, oh, it's all right, he'll cock it up, and then he scored. And I think that just about sums it up. But what annoys me, what annoys me about that, if you think about that goal, what the hell was Walker doing? Uh, what what was he? He's, he's a right-back. The candy's on the left-hand side. The guy, the ball goes out to that, is it Jackson? Jackson yeah. on the right-hand side there. And... He starts to run across to, as always covering for a kanji, but Ryan Sterling's behind him. What, what's he doing? What's he doing, Leggett? And the, the annoying thing is, he actually got back to within sight of Ryan Sterling. And what did he do? Rather than show him to his to his left foot, which is the weaker on, he lets him come back in on his right and put it in. You know, and you thought, well, it's not going to go right, this, is it? And he did that against Newcastle a couple of times, and he? he didn't show the player. That, you know, it's like old-fashioned defending. Show him, put him on his weaker foot, put him up, put him away from goal. And Mr. Walker does all the hard work after making an error in himself anyway for being caught coming across. So he gets back. Ryan Sterling. I mean, it's not as though we don't know how Ryan Sterling plays, is it? It's not as though we know how Ryan Sterling scores. He's got how many goals does he score with his left foot from distance? Probably, probably count them on one hand over his career. How many of those? So. Yeah, that's what I just thought. This is this is going to be a long, long night. And of course, once once he got that goal, I did start to worry that, of course, we'd try and press a bit more, and then playing the percentages with the offsides, etc. They'll uh, they might nick another one here, and then we really are in trouble. But fortunately, uh, we we managed to turn it round. I mean, the in the second half, at least get a, claw a point back anyway, which was no good at the, you know, as wet as as things go. But it was better than nothing. Yeah, there were some funny quips on social media. You know the way they used to say that David Silva has got, like, wing mirrors? Yeah. Uh, and someone was on, on Twitter saying that if only Silva could just, you know, send them over for Kyle Walker because he doesn't seem to have any any mirrors about what's behind him um, at times. But there were some interesting um, incidents also. And one that sticks out to me was that, that save of Edison from Jackson where he nicked it off his feet 
of course, before that, Ederson had, had you know, given the ball away in the, in, the, in the lead up to that, the way that he sometimes does as well. Uh, yeah, I think, I think that was his only big mistake. I thought he played quite well apart. Yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously we got away with it, so we don't think about it. it's when we don't get away with his mistakes. <laughs> That's when when it when we realise, oh, bloody hell, Edison, what are you doing? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, anything else really about well, that? I think the second half was just about a couple of decisions, wasn't it? I did watch. Yeah. I don't watch match of the day much these days, but obviously I just yeah. sort of I just happened to tune in at the night on that one. And of course, we were talking about the two main incidents: the Walker penalty appeal, of course, with uh, Sterling. I'm not overly convinced either way what that was. <laughs> uh, some people say definitely Sterling fouled him, but uh, but other people said Walker went for it. I don't. I, I'm still not sure on that one, Mike. I don't know what you thought about that. That that one. What did, what were your thoughts? I was a bit. I was a bit six and one half a dozen another with that one. I I, I was um, less uh, sort of. Cautious than you. I thought it was a bang on penalty, and I, I, I thought, I thought that was absolutely. I was still having um, a downer on Walker from earlier on. I don't know. I just, <laughs> I just give up on him sometimes at the moment. I just, in the same way, Doku's like a scolded cat sometimes. I think Walker's the same. I just, he's, you know, he's trying too hard. Just, just calm down a bit, mate. Just, just take it easy a little bit. You know, stop, stop trying to be all and everything. Stop it. You know, and so. Yeah, uh, and the other one, Mike, the, of course, I was very interested in the last one. Of course, it went to VAR, didn't it, in the last minute when it could have obviously given us a that, penalty. Well, that was a, that was a, I mean, you saw that, that was Cornwell. That was an absolute penalty. But wasn't it, wasn't the two, but wasn't, wasn't Diaz dragged down, first of all, which that, no one's that talked was, about. Wasn't it dragged yeah, down by his shirt? Yes, he was, but just just to nail it on, the way that ball it, it actually rolled along almost the full length of his uh, lower arm. Mike, and have you played play play football, Mike? Uh, yes, I have. Yeah, right. <laughs> now listen, I've been in a situation because I wasn't always a keeper. I used to play midfield, so I was quite a good. Uh, I was a pep keeper because I could play in my feet as well. I would have been ideal, but yeah, sort of anyway. And uh, if a ball is like that and goes near your arm. Your instincts, you don't mean to do it, but your instincts make your arm move to it. I'm sorry, that's just a fact of life. It does, look at Rodri's against Everton, which at the end of the day was was uh, classed as offside, so it didn't really matter. But you think of that Goodison Park incident, which we've had thrown in our faces every season since by Liverpool fans. Uh, you think of that, you, for some reason, I don't know what it is, it's a magnet. There's a magnet in your arm. It doesn't matter if you're playing on off-end park on a Sunday Sunday afternoon or whatever. That ball goes there. You sort of nudge your arm to it. That's I, you do. See, I, I, I totally ball. agree with you. I totally agree with you. But rules are rules, and they made them, so they ought to stick <laughs> to them. Um, but the only, but the only thing... Get... with his arm. It's as simple as that. So that's surely a penalty. <laughs> It wasn't ball to arm, it was arm to ball, even though it was very minute and obviously looks worse in slow motion as it's bound to. But you know, as a person, as as a person who's played football, you've most people have actually had that probably had that incident where it bounces up high and it's not quite at your chest, but you just move your arm slightly to it on a Sunday afternoon, no one will notice, it doesn't matter. But when there's uh, 15 cameras around you, uh, people do matter. So they should should make that decision. They shouldn't shouldn't bottle it. But uh, of course, uh, we had to be happy with the point and, and moan about that. But uh, it's well, uh, well, we 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 should also briefly mention the 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 equaliser, the Rodri rocket. 
he is a dead-eyed dick and he's always looking for his opportunity to do that isn't he this time it got a little bit of a deflection but um it is rather you think comforting. He was going in anyway um yes i think yeah. it was but um, yeah, i was a bit unkind i, I thought at the <laughs> game when i wa when i watched it the game i didn't think it was i thought it took quite a big deflection but then i sort of tried to have a look playing it back and i thought yeah it's probably going to beat the keeper anyway that whatever whatever happens yeah 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 no it's just comforting because whenever we're playing uh, against te teams that we're, we're playing basically all the right field players at the back and putting up a a wall of human flesh um it's been a while actually since we've had someone that, that is getting to be very consistent in at least hitting the target from a, a little bit of distance and rodri's rodri can do that and um, I, thought, I thought it's i think we had uh, let's have a look at just i've got the stats here of how many shots we had and how many shots we had on target somewhere um yeah we had thir 31 shots uh, just five on target of course that doesn't allow for blocks and stuff like that because a block can be on target but for some reason they don't count that i don't know why why they don't but that's just how it works uh i thought kdb was literally just wafting it in as best as he could i don't i don't think there's any logic behind what he was doing i thought every cross seemed to be for that 10 foot strike i know early i know Erling's tall but every cross kdb was putting in was like going 10 foot high in the air and ended up uh, near the corner flag i don't so he, he was hiking him in so he's bound to get one or two where he did actually should have done better and Ireland should have done better but i think the guy who saved us in that game was uh was edison wasn't it you mentioned yeah, his early yeah. mistake but that's that double save in the second half, ball, yeah. the ball could have got anywhere and it was the same in the champions league if you think about it he gets something on it it's as simple as that you get something on it there's a chance it'll get cleared or it'll go wide or whatever but at that stage, um, I think that would have probably been 2-0, would it, at that stage? And uh, we wouldn't have yeah. been coming back from that. And all credit for Edison, a, a little bit of a little bit of Edison, big boy magic there, you know, made himself big, did the old Smichael, you know, Smichael sometimes, some of, his, some of his best saves are where he just made himself big, put himself in the right place. He didn't actually do a diving save or anything like that. It's just a matter of getting himself big and bold and, and the strikers... Uh, doing it but uh yeah it's uh it's disappointing but it, you know a point at the end of the day could could be important but uh is that the top six now we've not beat any of them this season mike i think i read somewhere yeah um now just to just for us to finish off I, i'm just looking at the league table burden and um the situation seems uh, pretty clear to me um i mean if you look at the last five games uh city have drawn one of them obviously against Chelsea. Uh, Liverpool have lost one. That's spoiled their little um, perfect little green win set of squares. And it's Arsenal that have won every one, every, the last five ones. So it's difficult to know. Um, uh, you would think that Aston Villa have got a, a, a sort of a dark, a dark horse outside chance of being able to get in and disrupt things. But when you get down as far as Tottenham and, and uh, God help us, Manchester United. We're going to get pipped by United for four <laughs> spots, something like that, don't you? You just know that's going to happen. <laughs> you know, Listen, that's 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 old time thinking. That's old time. They hope they do. As long as we beat them at Tottenham Stadium, I don't care. They can, you know, as long as we beat them, they can get kicked out of fourth spot. I'm, I don't care less. Tottenham, Tottenham are the the great, the, mm -hmm. you know underperformers when it comes to the crunch and uh but that means we've got to beat them at Tottenham of course to get that extra three points that we didn't have last season. 
give me a percentage out of 100 of Luton's chance of getting anything against Liverpool tonight. Zero. Really? Zero. Yeah, I wouldn't get okay. anything else chance tonight, mate. Pep's asked, uh, Pep, Klopp's asked the crowd to turn up tonight. He wants to turn it into a European night. He's playing Burnley, he's playing Luton, but uh, he wants, you know, he wants the fans behind him. So I'm sure that I'm sure the Liverpool, the Coppites, will uh, rise to the call. And of course, uh, yeah, I can't see I can't see anything less than a, a reasonably comfortable win. I'm hoping it's not silly numbers. Because uh, mm -hmm. Luton can play, uh, certainly Kenilworth Road, they're very, very good, aren't they? I mean, they're better there than I thought. They're a little bit unlucky against United the other day, but then again, that's United. But yeah, I, I can't see anything less than a two or three goal margin there for in Liverpool's favour. I hope not. Yeah. I mean, you know, or, you know, you never know. Hopefully, it'll be uh, you know, hey, hey, we're, we're a point behind them. We're only a, we're only a point behind, and we've got a game in hand again. But hey, it's, it's not going to work out like that. By the time we play Liverpool at Anfield. Um, of course, uh, I think we'll be at the stage where there'll be a point. If we win our next game, of course, so is it a point ahead? Mm -hmm. uh, or I mean, we beat United again. It would be, we could be a point. Uh, they could be a point ahead and then beat us to go four points ahead. So that's a scenario I didn't want. I wanted to go to Anfield uh, above them, but I don't think that's going to happen now. Okay. So our next game is um, away at... Bournemouth, that's Bournemouth, right. Yeah, Cherries, yeah, mm -hmm. we've got a good record. I think we've only ever played them nine times at their place. We've won eight, drawn one, so let's hope we win this one. And, and their, their new manager, I can't pronounce his name, mate. You might know how to pronounce his name. I, um, I can't. I, I, I tried to this afternoon. I was doing my Pepsi 11 for it, but I couldn't I couldn't come up with a... I just called him by his first name. I think that's a bit easier to pronounce, isn't it? His first name than his second name. But he, did, he was doing all right, wasn't he? But I think they've struggled a little. A good result last week against Newcastle, a 2-2 draw at St. James's. Uh, they played very well, give as good as he got up there. And although Newcastle aren't so hot at the moment. Um, I don't think it'll be a 4-1 like last season. I think we were 3-0 ahead, weren't we, at half-time, and then we strolled the second half. I certainly don't think it'll be a 4-1. I'm, I'm hoping for a victory. But, uh, yeah, I think this new manager will try, be trying to make a point. They all seem to respect Pep, don't they, and want to give him a good a good hammer in. So let, let's see what he's made of. But uh, small, tight ground, as Andy Morrison said, it's, it's a bit like Luke going to Kenilworth Road, looting without the hostility. Thought that was a good way of putting it. <laughs> well, it's hostile. Let's hope we don't go. We don't suffer for uh, or from new manager bounce, which which is a thing, you know, statistically. Yeah, he did have it. He did have it. It's, it's the gloss has gone a little bit recently. He's, yeah. he's, he's not had it. The last five games, I think. I think they've lost four of them. I think. Uh, they're still so, in the well, FA Cup. They're still in the FA Cup. They've got a winnable round five game at home to Leicester, so they've still got that to look forward to. But. There'll be an extra. There'll be an extra, and they like they do a lot of work. They're a very hard working team, Bournemouth. For one of the biggest, you know, for uh, kilometres the players run in a game, uh, they're one of the highest in the Premier League. So they work hard. Uh, it's not a place we're always comfortable at, is it? Little ground stuff like that. But mm -hmm. and of course, it depends what what. To, I mean, Pep can play his strongest team. Surely we've got. You know, I, I don't even mind giving up. You know, I hate to say this, is we should be good enough to beat Luton in the FA Cup next Tuesday night, which is the one after this, of course. But you know, I'd, I'd even, I'd even, you know, just play your strongest team. He's got to play his strongest team. I don't think he played his strongest team against Brentford last night. Um, 
I don't think that was. I'd say we, he couldn't do much with KDB because of his, his injury. But I think there was two or three players he probably put in he wouldn't have normally put in. So I want my strongest team out and I want to get the points off them. And then let Luton worry, let the Luton game worry about itself. You know, if we need to rest players, we'll rest them for them. We should still be good enough to get through it. And if it means we get knocked out of the FA Cup, I want this tie. End of the day, I'd love, to, I'd love another treble. I'd love just one trophy, but... I definitely want the Premier League just because no one's ever done that before. So, but I'm a bit worried. Pep's thinking, it's starting to think a bit ahead now. Uh, that does worry me, but that's why he's, he's paid the big money. He knows he knows what's going on, and hopefully, um, I think Kovacic might get a start in this one against Bournemouth. Mm -hmm. uh, I think he's ready to come back in. Uh, I think mm -hmm. Aki will play in this one. Don't think mm -hmm. any big big thing. Bob or Doku? That's a question, mate. That's a question on the internet, mate. What are you saying? Oscar Bob. Yeah. Well, I'd, I'd go Doku. I'll be honest with you. I've gone Doku, but only because <laughs> he's had a game now, uh, Bob, and he played very, very well. But I just, I just think if KDB's not fit, I think we need Foden and, and Bernardo doing the creative stuff. Uh, Doku down the wing and Haaland on fire if he's available. As of course he's got his grandmother's funeral at some stage. I don't know when he's certainly going to go to that, isn't he? So mm -hmm. uh, it certainly won't be on a Saturday. I wouldn't have thought, but uh, you know. Uh, our commiserations, of course, our best wishes to everybody there. But, uh, yeah, so hopefully Haaland will play. I think if Doku plays, uh, Folden and Bernardo behind creating, uh, we should be all right. Well, let's wrap it up, wrap it up here, guys. Uh, just as a footnote, here's how you remember how to pronounce the Bournemouth manager's name. Go on. Here we go. We've got Guardiola. They've got Iriola. Ah, Iriola, okay. Iriola. I'll still forget. <laughs> <laughs> all right guys well that'll do you hope you enjoyed that and uh we will be back with you after the game against bournemouth and uh, finish up here in the normal way by saying have one of us and up the blues up the super blues <laughs> <laughs>